0: Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. We'll share the latest from a global and regional perspective to help you stop guessing what's next and to start thinking ahead.
1: So hello and welcome to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Today's episode is about the who, what, and why of buying in a cost-of-living crisis. I'm Neil Bellamy, Regional Client Success Manager at GFK, and I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Helen Collins, who is the UK Home Appliances Industry Lead, to talk through our findings. Hi, Helen. Hello. So at GFK, we're lucky to have access to the Consumer Confidence Barometer, which will have been running for 50 years next January, Do you want to start by giving us an update on consumer sentiment right now, please?
0: Absolutely, no. Our consumer confidence measure, as you know, fell back to minus 30 in October. So actually, that's a nine point fall from where it was in September. And if you look at that from across the different household income brackets, we can see that generally the households with the lowest income, so the kind of less than 14,000 income, had a score of minus 45 compared to the uh, total minus 30, whereas the highest income came um, came out as minus 10. Now all five measures which uh, fall into it are actually in decline, and this is hugely driven by the increased cost of living crisis. So we've got, as we know, surge in mortgage rental rates, we've got accelerating costs of food and heating, but also there's the conflict in the Middle East, which will certainly be playing on consumers' minds. Um one of the main categories that fall into it are the is the personal financial situations of the household um and here there is a real stark difference between the highest earners and the lower earners so the um financial situation of the household over the um next 12 months is at minus 8 And actually, it's at minus 32 for the people that earn less than 14,000. And it's at positive 14 for the people that earn more than 50,000. So this just shows that um, the difference between those that are really struggling to make ends meet, Mm. like simply don't have enough money to live, and those who potentially have money in the bank and are um, managing to, get some positivity out of the um, increased interest rates, so getting some savings back there. So,
1: so at least someone's benefiting.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. I'd say the kind of most concerning measure that we have is the um, major purchase index. So is now the right time to buy a major purchase such as an um, electronic or um, Uh, piece of furniture and that fell 14 points in october down to minus 34 and obviously in the run-up to christmas black friday just around the corner that's really concerning and actually um this measure fell across all income brackets but the area that fell the most was in the greater than 50 where it went from positive seven last month to minus 21 this month so even the highest earners are Saying that it's not a good time to purchase right now,
1: so yeah, so we have black Friday coming up, that's a bit of a, a worry for retailers and manufacturers, but but beyond that, you know are, are there any signs of positivity? you know should, should, are there things where we can see perhaps there is some growth going on?
0: Some of our markets certainly have what we would call hero products or flagship products. And we certainly see that in the small kitchen appliances market. So, this market is um, everything smaller than a microwave with a plug or a battery that you'd use in the kitchen. And um, so, everything from like a kettle, a toaster, a blender, a coffee machine, that sort of thing. Um, And actually hot air fryers is what's driving that category. So year to date, so January to September 2023, um, small kitchen appliance growth is positive 26%. But if we took out hot air fryers from this, it's actually minus 1% because hot air fryers are growing year to date at 117%. And there's a lot of reasons that have driven hot air fryer growth over the last three, four years. So we started off with the COVID boost. So a lot of people were at home having more time to um, prepare food. So uh, pretty much everything, small kitchen appliance-wise, did well over this period. Um, Really, really strong growth. The whole category grew at about 50% um, in certain months over COVID. But then with hot air fryers, there's been a lot of publicity about um, how it can save you money. So it is a lot cheaper to um put your chips in your hot air fryer than it is to heat your oven um so with it being the perfect timing with the cost of living crisis you have got the idea of the cover boost and then that it's energy saving and therefore money saving has really um pushed sales really boosted sales We've even got people like martin lewis talking about it on the his money saving expert program we've got supermarkets that had a whole aisle devoted to hot air fryers and then it's even written on the packaging um there's also a lot of innovation within hot air fryers so we've got larger capacities now we've got multi door products and the choice is phenomenal so i'd say really with hot air fryers kind of all the stars aligned there it was the right time there was the right economic um kind of climate out there and then also manufacturers um, were launching products at the right time and then retailers um, kind of jumped on it and there's some good promotions as well. I think a market will always grow if there's a reason behind it that resonates with consumers and that's certainly the case with hot air fryers.
1: Mm, yeah, it sounds like it really met an appropriate consumer need at the right time, really. So uh, for those manufacturers, yeah, it's perfect you know, to go and get them. Yeah. Okay, so you know, taking I suppose that positive and that negative, putting them all together. Um, so overall, why do you think consumers are still purchasing? And you know, how do you connect to them? How do you, how do you reach them? What are they kind of looking for?
0: Well, in the start of everybody or well, anybody purchasing anything, there is that initial trigger. So are you purchasing because you're replacing a faulty product? Are you upgrading a working product? Maybe you're a first time buyer or maybe you're getting an extra product. So potentially, you know, you already have a TV in your living room. You're now buying one for um, your bedroom or or maybe the kid's bedroom or something like that. And actually, we see different sectors um are kind of directed more to certain triggers. So, -hmm. for example, major domestic appliances, 63% of sales um, were because of um, consumers replacing a faulty product. So that's like washing
1: machines or like, you know, fridge freezers or that, that kind of thing. You just can't live without.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So major domestic appliances is essentially a microwave or bigger in right. in the kitchen. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like you said, if your washing machine breaks or your fridge breaks, it really is that oh, I need to run out and buy a new one. Whereas something like T V or small domestic appliances that's um around about forty percent are replacing a faulty product. And then even with um IT, so kind of the like of laptops and tablets, it's more focused on upgrading a working product because there's a lot more um, different specs to upgrade with. So maybe you want a faster laptop or you want one with more storage space or within a mobile phone, you want that extra extra 50 megapixels in your camera or something like that. Whereas there's a lot uh, less um, kind of specs to trade up with, with a major domestic appliance. I think one of the other things quite interesting here, though, is the seasonality of a trigger. So all year round, um, major domestic appliances is very focused on replacing a faulty. Whereas with consumer electronics, over quarter four, there's a lot more people that are upgrading or getting an additional product. And that's because it's just um, a lot more focused on uh, gifting over quarter Hmm. four whereas you're less likely to gift a fridge say yeah it's not
1: on my christmas list that's for sure
0: no (laughs) no no, mine I'd say though, um, there is still room for inspiration in yeah. like major domestic appliances. So what we find is of the people that are upgrading or getting their first product, maybe getting an additional, within major domestic appliances, it's a lot more focused on home moves and um maybe even like home redecoration or renovation. So you've just bought your new house and you need the fridge to fit that gap. So that's that's generally kind of the main trigger there. Whereas with consumer electronics or small domestic appliances, it's a lot more about being inspired. Mm. So maybe you've seen something on on social media or yeah, friend or family's talked about it. We just want something to look a bit nicer. It definitely, yeah, it's a bit more focused that way. But, but as I said, there is still room for inspiration within major domestic appliances, especially if you look towards like the larger capacity washing machines rather than the lower ones. So, for example, 40 percent of um, less than 10 kg washing machines. So that's the weight of the clothes that you can put in it. And 40 percent of them um, are bought because of a home move whereas only 29% of the larger capacities are, whereas they are more focused towards potentially not being happy about the product um, and then being inspired. So maybe a friend or family member has said, I've got a larger washing machine or capacity wise. um, And it means that I'm saving money because I'm not um, having to use so much water, not doing so many loads. It's convenient. And that's that's kinda of like kind of almost linking back to the hot air fries and what's driving yeah. sales there as well. Is the, is the saving money and the the convenience side of things. It's quicker, it's cheaper. Um and then similarly on the larger um fridges as well. So like the three to four door Generally, the biggest footprint fridges. That is a lot more about being inspired than kind of the standard two-door freezer at the bottom kind of um product, which is definitely more geared towards people moving home. Where again, like, like I said earlier, you moved home, there isn't a fridge in your new house, and it needs to fit that exact space that is in your in your new house.
1: Yeah, you haven't got so much choice, really, have you?
0: Just <laughs> kind of want to get it done quickly. Yeah, exactly. Neil, I know you've been looking at how to connect with people.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you're saying about these quick decisions is actually we're seeing that hugely these days. Um, It doesn't matter what category you're talking about. At least half the people decide in that first week, you know, what product to buy. They they just crack on and get it. Um, It's even quicker for computer electronics and small domestic appliances but then um things like washing machines how quickly people replace those so if something goes wrong you want to replace it quickly so over two-thirds of people will try and replace their washing machine or other products similar within a week because you just can't do without it um and i think actually one thing that's feeding into this very quick process is the you know how prevalent mobile phones are these days. You know we've all got one. We carry around with us all the time. You know uh, these days people are more likely to have their phone on them than have a credit card when they're out and about. So they can be out on the street. They can be looking, doing some research where they go. They can even move through to, to purchasing as well. Uh, and we found particularly uh, that's very prevalent with like the Gen Z uh, generation. So for example, 84% of Generation Z have bought something on their mobile uh, online in the last uh, 30 days and in fact 66 percent have bought paid for something using an app so very much those guys are into you know seeing something researching it purchasing it straight off but i say it's very generational uh, you look at things like app purchasing it goes down to 19 percent for boomers because these guys are very comfortable these days going on a laptop searching on different retailers for the best bargains they can find but they just don't like using their phones in quite the same way whereas uh, the gen z have grown up with a phone in their hand since an early age so they're very comfortable doing that kind of thing yeah absolutely yeah and then i think beyond you know things like mobile phones it's what first sets people off to think about buying something you know what what triggers them and yes you know it could be something going wrong but a lot of time it's still people see things in store and then you know that particularly for things like mda where but it's not the most exciting category to be fair a lot of the time but actually you know you see something sort of oh that's what i need i need to i need to go and buy that now um but beyond that There's things like recommendations and the classic old word of mouth still comes into into play here, Um, much more on the face of it than perhaps other kinds of, you know, uh, recommendations they can get from people.
0: Okay, so um, after that initial trigger, where are consumers actually heading for their research?
1: Well, really, uh, online becomes the key in this aspect. You, know, you get over six in 10 people, whatever the category is, who go and they'll do some research on their phone. But again, you can't just ignore uh, in store. That still has a role to play. So whether that's uh, you know people having a look or even talking to sales staff, because actually people still like to get support on certain categories, particularly around. MDA where they're trying to work out the difference between one white box and another versus someone like buying an IT product you know what what's the difference between that laptop and that laptop you know what what's the spec and is, is it actually something that I need um, so that's important but then in terms of the the, the, the kind of websites that are going on, People often going on retailer websites, especially when they're buying MDA type products. But a lot of the time looking on search engines or something like IT, they'll go on to review sites because, again, they want to know why is that product good versus that one? Should I be purchasing it? Um, but an interesting factor is. Social media is still not the biggest or one of the bigger um, search channels overall for, for research. But there are some really huge differences by, by category these days. So if you drill down to something like hairstylers, um, a third of people who bought a hairstyler looked on social media. Uh, and what really stands out there is is uh TikTok. 60% of people went on social media, looked on TikTok, they saw something on there, it inspired them to go and do more about it. And again, generation really comes into play here. So it's it's more of a younger person's product, if you will, but 82% of Gen Z went on TikTok. So really, you know, such a key inspiration point there. Um, you compare it with someone like gaming consoles instead. Again, TikTok's important. Almost half of the Gen Z users go on to TikTok. But here, it's much more about YouTube and being able to go on and see people playing with games and do, doing stuff around that. And it's it's just not as important for things like washing machines. You know, it's not an inspiration point. You know, that's much more like to be in store or, or or even for a mobile phone.
0: So do recommendations play a strong part here as well?
1: And They absolutely do. And I think, like from that from the very start of the journey, when you're talking about trigger reasons, all the way through to doing your research, there's the the in person for friends and family is still the most important. You talk to friends. What was what was your experience like? You know, yeah, you were talking earlier about people with their washing machines and like someone said, oh yeah, this this one's more than ten kilograms. It changed my life in terms of being able to do so much more washing, so much more efficiently. Um, so there's that there's online reviews that people go to but then particularly in store as well is that uh, you're talking to the retail staff about should I buy that versus that uh, you know what's, what's really going to make the difference to me
0: and does MDA score higher for in store here as well
1: yeah yeah M- MDA and IT it's almost like kind of things people uh, they just need more help with or or, or perhaps you know mda there's less less engagement generally so people are less sure about what's the difference between that one and that one what what should i go ahead with and so still having someone in store to help them is such a key decision maker
0: yeah and i guess the same for it with like understanding the difference between the all the numbers for the software and the processes and that sort of thing
1: Yeah, do I need um, RAM that speed, or actually will I never even need that kind of memory? It's like, is it does it make a difference to me yeah. at all? Or Am I just wasting my money on something that I'll never need at all?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not some kind of high-speed gamer. What what do I actually need? Yeah.
1: No, exactly. Um, I'm trying to browse a few websites today. So what do I what do I need? Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. So, um, what kind of messages are consumers looking for at the moment? Yeah,
1: I think top of it all, we've got almost half of people who've said to us that they're looking for a brand that offers good value for money. And I think what's key there is that word value. It's not about cheap, it's actually about is it providing me just what i need is it worth the money i'm playing for but on top of that it's something that keeps their life simple makes it more uh, convenient uh, you know like air fryers that's really tapped into a need of, of convenience and keeping things nice and straightforward um and then we've, we've also got millennials and gen z who yeah very into using their, their phones that we're saying but also used to getting a lot of things tailored to them so they're really keen to get products and services tailored to their specific needs and and that's something we're seeing more and more in in, in purchasing behavior um, i think then more generally when we talk about what's driving purchases typically speaking we still see price and features as top of the piles but if we hark back to some of that consumer confidence data you were talking about earlier there was those massive differences by income bands and i think that starts to play out when you drill down into looking at the products themselves because in terms of drivers price is much more important to the lower income people um whereas if you're on a higher income typically buying a higher spec product you're more likely to be saying that features is almost as important as price so from a um the perspective of a manufacturer or a retailer you've got to think about if i'm trying to sell these premium products i need to be very clear in my messaging about what's the benefit of this you know what features has it got uh, why should someone buy this and spend that more money because uh, yeah the people will be less bothered about the price tag should we say in, in proportion to other aspects of it that
0: definitely makes sense is there more than just the actual price tag that that plays a part here
1: yeah so I, I think everyone likes to feel they're getting a good deal so uh you know over a third of people that we've spoken to said they've got a discount when they purchase their product and whether that's a small discount or a large discount the their perception that they've done well out of something really cuts through with people but beyond that people often want extra reassurances about this product's going to last so something like uh, getting an additional warranty for MDA, 25% of people said that. It's not a product they're engaged with. They want it to work and trust it and leave it to carry on. Um, you've got additional warranties also for IT products. Again, that kind of high-tech, high-spec thing that people don't understand so much when they're buying it and don't want to worry about once it's up and running. You know, I, I, I don't know how to repair my laptop, so uh, if, if I know someone else will do it for me, then that's all well and good. Uh, and on top of that, I think particularly, again, those same two categories that people can't live without, we're seeing they're the biggest use of things like pay-over-time financing. So like 9% for MDA, 11% for IT have spoken about they actually they got pay-over-time financing when they bought their product.
0: Well, that's really interesting. Um, what do you know about different payment methods?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, as we're seeing at the moment is – there's a lot of polarisation going on in the markets with people kind of leaving that middle ground to either be focused more on products that are in there, you know, much more within their everyday spend. So, you know, they'll go to more entry level. But there's also those who are thinking, well, I'm going to buy once, I'm going to buy well. And they're trying to push themselves to get to the more premium end. Um, and, and with those people, we're seeing that, uh, credit cards usage often goes up now, it might just be they're being clever and thinking about i'll get up i'll get my reward points out of this but at the same time there's also the feeling that perhaps they're pushing themselves to try and get a bit more for their money um this then gets reflected in through in things like who's using pay over time and interest-free credit And actually, a lot of the time when it comes to pay over time financing, if we look at laptops, for example, it's the people who are on, who are spending the most money, who are looking for the most support. So I think really you can't just assume it's those lower income people who are, um, you know, looking for support. It can cut right across different kinds of buyer groups. Um, And again, you know, there's there's different models that, that can appeal to people. So one thing that's come through recently is with TV purchasing. There's a new retailer offer where people can spread payments over a couple of years. And that really is cutting through at the premium end. So uh, if you know if you can get the right combination of a product and a service, then spreading that payment over, you know, several months or even years is something people are very comfortable with. You know, they do it all the time already with their Netflix subscriptions or their mobile phone contracts. So why not do it here as well for other services as well that that might work? Um, And
0: I guess that will work, especially with things like TVs and maybe major domestic plants as well, where the um, replacement cycle is actually quite long. So if you're thinking that you'll hopefully have your TV for six to 10 years, suddenly spreading your payments over a year or two doesn't seem so bad because you're still going to have those few years whether it's free let's say before you have to replace your product
1: yeah exactly it's like you know again that's where the feeling of value comes in is actually you know I'm, I'm investing in this now and I know I'm going to get the longer term benefit uh, sure. another way we're seeing this play out at the moment is with is with refurbs as well so very much things like uh, buying mobile phones and buying you know refurbed mobile phones has become much more acceptable as you you'll go on a website and it's Quite clear that actually someone is uh, they're selling a refurb and it it comes with a guarantee. You can often buy it from a branded company these days, and it feels much more reassuring than just buying it for some some bloke round the corner. Um, and and I think beyond that, it's then um, yeah, just just knowing that again you're getting really good value.
0: Yeah, and I think we care a lot more about the environment than we used to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of like our big concerns. And so to be able to say, I bought a refurbed one, it's like I've recycled essentially. Um, So it kind of makes you feel good about yourself as well. And then during a cost of living crisis where we don't have a lot of money, being able to get that flagship mobile phone for maybe half the price, but it's got a new battery, it's got a new screen. That, I mean, that's brilliant, isn't it?
1: Exactly. And to be honest, I did that myself when I got one for my daughter for a birthday. So uh, <laughs> it was it was a great deal. So I, I couldn't resist. And uh, she's got a nice, shiny new phone. And uh, I've saved a bit of money. So, and we've saved the planet a bit. So we're all, we're all happy.
0: Yeah. And she's none the wiser, right?
1: And she's none the wiser. Yes, yes. But we'll <laughs> we'll leave that up. up. All right. So I suppose, really, to sum all that up, for what we've been talking about today, we are talking about tapping into the right triggers so that's a lot about just getting the, the right product making sure you're pitching to the right people but then you've got to hook them really quite early on as we saw most journeys are over in less than a week so you've got to talk to them quickly and in a, a way they understand And as we've seen things like social media play much more of a part particularly in certain categories Beyond that, then it's it's actually then showing people the real value for, about something, you know, keep keeping your message simple, relevant to people, but still inspiring them. And in any categories we're talking about, you can still inspire people. Uh, but then you've got to, beyond that, also offer people the right support. So that could be technical support. So whether it's a suitable, uh, you know, Description online, or someone helping help in store describing a product to them, or otherwise, you know, the financial support. There, there, there's so many different financial models out there, and you know, don't get stuck in those old ways of thinking because there, there are things that will apply to everybody. They're just put packaged in the right way. So, so really, I think our message is you just got to keep in touch with consumers, keep adapting, and keeping in tune with what their needs are.
0: Great, thank you, Neil. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in for this episode of Thinking Ahead. If you're interested in finding out more about Black Friday, look out for our upcoming podcast, where we'll review some of the sales figures and performance from the 2023 event. For more information about this topic, you can click the link in the description and please do make sure to leave us a review. Let us know what you like about the podcast. And of course, if you haven't already done so, Do hit the subscribe button to keep up to date with the latest insights. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.